As a listener of Made For You and Me, you probably care about the planet and are conscious of the products you use. That's why we're excited to offer our listeners an exclusive discount on all Solterra Shop products. Shop from apparel to skincare to household goods that are made from sustainable materials and natural ingredients. Visit SolterraShop.com and use the promo code MADE4PODCAST10, that's MADE4PODCAST10, all one word, to receive 10% off your entire purchase. Hey everyone, my name is Nick. And my name's Kat. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Made for You and Me, an entertaining and educational podcast on the history, geology, wildlife, and other fun facts within America's best idea, the National Parks. This will be our last episode ever because I'm an idiot and I fudged everything up and I can't get our technology to work. Sorry. (laughs) Gosh. Okay, well, just so everyone knows... Kat just showed me a picture on her phone (laughs) of a shirtless, muscular man and said, is this Vladimir Putin? (laughs) Even my friend said it looks like him. It does. It's Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah, but you can't deny he looks like a young Vlad. I mean, like, there there is, yeah. There's a little Vlad. There's a little bit of resemblance. And Putin still has, like, a decent body, and that's weird. I wouldn't know, but he's, he's not, like, from... Seeing him clothed, you're right. He's not like large. No, no, no. I've never There's seen so him. There's so many good pictures of oh. him like on the beach and stuff. Oh, I haven't I seen mean, him. he's no uh, Justin, but Justin who? Oh, God, don't make me say words that are hard. The Canadian. Oh, okay. Yeah, Trimbo, Trimbo. Tr- it's not Thoreau. That's Jennifer <laughs> Aniston's ex, right? Anyway, the moral of the story is Cat thought that Daniel Craig was Vladimir Putin. Oh, that's good. Okay, Cat, let's get right Trudeau. into it. That's what it is. Trudeau. Trudeau oh, I said yeah. Thoreau. I wasn't too far off. Okay. I said Trump. <laughs> let's get into it. Okay. What were our questions? Oh, I was going to ask you. people think we're annoying. Fair. Fair. We did, uh, we did get one um, review that was like... Um, Great information, but the hosts are annoying. <laughs> and at first we'd be like, oh, man. And now we're like, fair. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fair. you're right. But we also, after 35 episodes, you're like, you're here to stay or you're not. So, right. sorry. Right. Um, okay, Kat. Let's see. Um, sunrise or sunset? Well, my question for you is, I haven't asked the question yet. I'm asking you. Oh, that was a question. That was a question. Oh. Yeah, it was an easy I one. I thought it was a question to my first question. No. So. No, okay. I'm asking you. Okay. So, um, I, for college, wrote, it, the question for, like, one of my co- college applications was, if you could change anything about the world, what would you change? And it was that the sun would set on the East Coast. Oh. Because I much prefer a sunset okay. over a sunrise, and we don't really get them. That's a really great essay topic. How Didn't get in. Interesting. <laughs> oh, well, I, w- I would have admitted you. That's really interesting. <laughs> well, to kind of build upon that, my question for you was, what is your favorite thing to do out that you can only do outside? Um, I'm going to keep it simple and probably say fetch with the coop monster. Mm. We do not play fetch inside. Way too many things to break. Way too many floors to scratch. It's an, only an outdoor thing. And it's my favorite. It's his favorite. It's all you of our favorites. You wore him out today. I saw it on the Snapchat. 
was like, oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's mostly the temperature, not right. us actually throwing. <laughs> Is that like a given? You mean the 88 degrees with 70% humidity yeah. wasn't part of it? Um, yeah. This time of year, he's like, oh, dad, I need a break. But yeah, definitely fetch with <laughs> the boy. Nice. All right. And Kat, speaking of Cooper, like I love to do all the flipping time. Did you know next Thursday, I think it's the 26th, is Uh actually International Dog Day? What? Yeah, Um, which is just like, I mean, I think you should celebrate dogs all day, but there's like an official International Dog Day for it. Um, So to celebrate that, we have actually partnered with our favorite brand, Soul Terra Shop. Yeah. um, And we are giving away a prize to one lucky winner. The prizes are, from Soul Terra Shop, you get a natural, perfect pet soap bar and these things are really cool i never thought about using bar soap to bathe your pet Mm -hmm. but it makes a lot of sense like first of all you need one less hand which depending on the type of dog if you're bathing cooper that's like a big deal to just like just that convenience and it smells hella good oh yeah so it's like made with natural ingredients and all that great jazz just like solterra shop likes to do um, so you get a natural pet soap bar for your pet, dog, cat, parrot. Can you like bathe the parrot? Whatever. Probably shouldn't. However <laughs> you like to bathe your pet, this is a good way to do it. Um, and then from us at Made For You And Me, you get a sticker. Extra but it's a, special it's sticker. It's a really good sticker, actually. I have it. On, I have like three on my thing. Mm-hmm. I have one on my iced coffee mug. Mm-hmm. I have one on my Nalgene. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's it. I got two. But they're they're great stickers. Yeah, mine's been through the dishwasher a lot. Mine too. And yeah. I realized like the cup I have it on, you're not supposed to put through the dishwasher. Oh. But like it's still really... So anyway. It's a good stick. Yeah, I mean... I guess it's like really anybody's guess which price is better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, that's the stuff that we're going to give away. Cool. So basically, if you want to enter this contest, you're going to need to be on Instagram. And your first two follows will be, of course, us at NFYAM podcast. And then Solterra Shop is also very obvious. It's at Solterra Shop, which is S O L. T-E-R-R-A-S-H-O-P. So you're going to like the post that we have up about the giveaway. And then you're going to tag two friends in the comments. And if you don't have two friends, I mean, you can tag M-F-Y-A-M. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So tag, sure. Tag. Yeah. But we, we hope you have two friends. You can tag National Park Service Ooh. and then your favorite national park. Most of them have accounts. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's so much better. Perfect. Cool. The giveaway ends on International Dog Day, August 26th at midnight, and then the winners will be announced the following day. Yeah, so good luck to you. Go check out Solterra's shop. They got lots of really great stuff. Check out other episodes of ours. Um, Like and subscribe. Do all the fun things. And peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Well, we're just going to keep moving along. Today, Kat, I'm going to talk about Bigfoot. We are going to talk about Bigfoot. The largest of... The, the pets. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I didn't, I like, I was researching this for probably like 10 minutes before I finally Googled what bipedal meant. <laughs> and I was like, I'm pretty sure it means walks on two feet, but I need to be certain. That's really ironic that I just said that because who says that? Yeah, who does? Okay. Well, um, let's, I, well, first of all, are you a believer? Um, It's one of those things that like, I, I'm just more like into the fact that this is a discussion 
and that people do believe it. I really haven't like thought too much about whether I do or not. Okay. Do you want to wait until the end of the episode to say what you think? Sure. Okay, cool. Well, this episode is going to read more like a story than an actual discussion. And, and I'll preface this saying that if this is a really popular episode, which it may be, we can do a part two because mm-hmm. there's a lot on Bigfoot, obviously, not yeah. surprisingly. But I wanted to keep this fairly short and mm-hmm. just kind of give a brief you know, introduction into what is Bigfoot, how he or she or they kind of came to be famous, um, and what people think about it. And then if it's super popular, we can do Mothman. But let's go. Okay, let's go. All right. Bigfoot, also commonly referred to as Sasquatch, is a Canadian and American folklore. It's an ape-like creature that supposedly inhabits the forests of North America and supposed events of the existence of Bigfoot includes a number of anecdotal visual sightings, which means they cannot be scientifically confirmed, and they're just hearsay and based on people's own in-the-moment experiences. So there are obviously, as everyone knows, um, videos that are disputed, and there are audio recordings and audio recordings and photographs and casts of large footprints uh, that all claim um to prove the existence of Bigfoot, but none of it has actually ever gotten past just conspiracy. Isn't there also some doo-doo? Yeah. Okay. I didn't really look too much into the doo-doo, but yeah. It's really <laughs> funny to be like... Doo-doo has DNA. Oh, okay. I mostly read like people were like, oh, I believe in Bigfoot. And then when asked why, it's like, oh, because I saw a 13-inch long feces. And it's like... Oh, interesting, but also that's all you got. But it's just funny that that's so compelling to people. Also, the right word is doo-doo. (laughs) Doo-doo. Okay. Thousands of people have claimed to have seen a Bigfoot, which is often described as a large, muscular, bipedal, we all know what that means now, ape-like creature, roughly six to nine feet tall, covered in hair, described as black, dark brown, or dark reddish. Some descriptions have the creature standing as tall as 10 to 15 feet. A pungent, foul-smelling odor is sometimes associated with reports of the creatures, commonly described as similar to rotten eggs or skunk. Mm -hmm. The face of Bigfoot, often described as human-like with a flat nose and visible lips. Common descriptions also include broad shoulders, no visible neck, and long arms. The eyes are commonly described as dark in color that have been alleged to glow yellow or red at night. And that's interesting because eye shine, which is the phenomenon of eyes glowing um, in the dark when they receive light upon them, is not present in humans or any known great ape species. Uh, And so proposed explanations for observable eye shine in the forest often um, include perched owls, raccoons, or possums. Mm. But I did find it interesting that that is so commonly what people describe it as. Oh, yeah. How it's very universally, um, the similar. descriptions are very universally similar and matched. Enormous footprints for which the creature is named are claimed to be as large as 24 inches long and 8 inches wide. Literally a big foot. And some footprint casts have also contained claw marks, making it likely that they came from known animals such as bears, which also have 
five toes and claws. Bigfoot has become such an icon that there's actually a fringe subculture that has been created that focuses solely on attempting to prove the existence of creatures like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, the Chupacabra, and others. And this is called cryptozoology. Mm-hmm. Ecologist Robert Pyle argues that most cultures have accounts of human-like giants in their folk history. Bigfoot legends existed before there was a single name for the creature. They differed in their detail both regionally and between families within the same community. Many different cultures and languages had its own name for the creature, featured in local versions of such legends. Many names meant something along the lines of wild man or hairy man, and then other names described common actions that it was said to perform, such as eating clams or shaking trees. Um, Chief Michel of the Nikapumau at Lytton, British Columbia, told such a story to Charles Tiltout in the late 1800s. Uh, he named the creature the benign-faced one. Benign? Yeah. Having that much hair on your face that you can only see a flat nose and a visible lips is benign? According to According Chief to Michel of Nikampua at Lytton, British Columbia, <laughs> um, members of the Lumini Native American nation tell tales about the, I'm going to mess up this word, about the Tsetsemekus, a local version of Bigfoot. Some regional versions of the tale paint Bigfoot as an aloof and mysterious creature, while others tell of a more threatening one. Other names for them, like Stiaha or Kwiai, were a nocturnal race. So some of these Native American nations thought them to be an entire race that only came out at night. And children were warned against saying the names out loud, lest monsters hear and come carry them off, sometimes to be killed. Oh my gosh. I, um, there are a number of stories like that throughout cultures that warn kids from wandering off. Yeah, but not to say their name. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, that's like Bloody Mary situation. Yeah, it's like the Hansel and Gretel, but they come to you, the witches. The Iroquois tell of an aggressive hair-covered giant with rock-hard skin known as the Otene-Yahe, more commonly referred to as Stone Giant. In 1847, Paul Kane reported stories by the natives about what they called skookums, a race of cannibalistic wild men living at the pink of Mount St. Helens in southern Washington state. Also related to this area was an alleged incident in 1924 in which a violent encounter between a group of miners and a group of ape men occurred. These allegations were reported in 1924, <laughs> uh, and they've become a popular piece of Bigfoot lore um, in the area now referred to as Ape Canyon. <laughs> Which I feel is like a little insensitive. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, it didn't say if any of these men in this uh, violent encounter were. It should be a nine-faced were... canyon. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't say if any of these men were uh, like seriously injured, but still, like I feel like that's a little too on point. President Theodore Roosevelt, in his nineteen. 19- 1893 book, The Wilderness Hunter, writes a story that he was told by an elderly mountain man named Bauman, like Beyonce, but Bauman, 
in which a foul-smelling, two-footed creature ransacked his beaver trapping camp, stalked him, and later became hostile when it fatally broke his companion's neck in the wilderness near the Idaho-Montana border. Excuse me? Yeah. Excuse me. So, I... The way I read it was... This is like... I took this word for word. Um, the creature accidentally fatally broke his companion's neck in the wilderness. The creature's companion? I don't know if it's the creature's companion or Bauman's companion. Let me read it again. Uh, elderly mountain man in my story is a foul-smelling, two-footed creature ransacked his beaver-trapping camp, stalked him, and later became hostile when it fatally broke his companion's neck. It could go either way. It could go either way. Someone's neck was broken, unfortunately. Um, Roosevelt notes that Bauman appeared fearful while telling the story, but attributed the trapper's folkloric German ancestry to have potentially influenced him. You know, those German, like, yeah, uh, storytellers oh, and, like, yeah. all of Very You violent. just meant to mention Hansel and Gretel. Like, that's, like, the nicest yeah. of all of them. They get intense. So, I don't know, but still really interesting to think about. Less menacing versions have also been recorded, such as one by Reverend Elkanah Walker from 1840. Walker was a Protestant missionary who recorded stories of giants among natives living near Spokane, Washington. These giants were said to live on and around the peaks of nearby mountains and stole salmon from fishermen's nets. In the 1920s, Indian Affairs agent J.W. Burns compiled local stories and published them in a series of Canadian newspaper articles. They were accounts told to him by the Cists Ailes people of Chehalis and others. The Cists Ailes and other regional tribes maintained that these creatures were real and they were offended by people telling them that the figures were legendary. According to Cists Ailes accounts, the creatures preferred to avoid white men and spoke to the Lillouette, spoke the Lillouette language of the people at Port Douglas, British Columbia. These accounts were published again in 1940. Burns borrowed the term Sasquatch from the Haukomelem Saskek and used it in his articles to describe a hypothetical single type of creature portrayed in the local stories. I don't like to talk to white men either, so I understand. <laughs> I could be Sasquatch. <laughs> I feel like that would be like more... Like, the, this whole Bigfoot thing would be more accepted if there was more evidence that they spoke a Lillouette language to humans. Well, I mean, you gotta believe. So now we get into more recent, exciting, actual, okay, quote-unquote, okay. sightings of the Bigfoot. In 1958, Jerry Crew, a logging company bulldozer operator in Humboldt County, California, discovered a set of large 16-inch human-like footprints sunk deep within the mud at the Six Rivers National Forest. Upon informing his co-workers, they claimed to have seen similar tracks on previous job sites as well as telling of odd incidents such as oil drums weighing 450 pounds having been removed without explanation. The logging company men soon began utilizing the term Bigfoot to describe the mysterious culprit who had apparently left the prints and moved the equipment, causing the sense of paranoia among the workers. Crew, who initially believed someone was playing a prank on him, once again observed more of these numerous massive footprints and contacted reporter Andrew Genzoli of the Humboldt Times newspaper, today called the Times Standard, in nearby Eureka, California. 
Ganzoli interviewed lumber workers and wrote articles about the mysterious footprints, coining the term Bigfoot in relation to the tracks and the local tales of large, hairy, wild men. A plaster cast was made from the footprints and crew appeared holding one of the casts on the front page of the newspaper in October 1958. The story spread rapidly as Gonzoli, as Gonzoli began to receive correspondence from major media outlets including the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times. As a result, the term Bigfoot became widespread as a reference to an apparently large, unknown creature leaving massive footprints in Northern California. Then, in 2002, the, uh, the family of Cruz's deceased co-worker, Ray Wallace claimed that their father had been secretly making the large footprints with carved wooden feet and that he was responsible for the tracks. Despite the Wallace family's claims, however, Willow Creek and Humboldt County are still considered to be some as the Bigfoot capital of the world. Oh, why would that family ever do that? I don't to know. all these people who are like all excited. I, I like to think that that part of the story is not true. And that was 1958, and now we have coined the term Bigfoot. We can have another episode if you guys want on other Bigfoot sightings that are, like, unexplained. There was this one guy who um, went through, like, three different ruses to try to prove that Bigfoot was real. He made, like, $60,000, and each time was proof that it wasn't real. There was a peak of Bigfoot sightings in the 1970s when Bigfoot was all the rage. Um, but really, it's just been like a he said, she said thing. There has never been any true proof that there could possibly be something like a Bigfoot existing. It's all been very circumstantial, very random. Um, people have claimed to have bodies, but whenever they send something on tour, um, it's only come to find out that it's like made of rubber and plaster and then these people say oh well, I didn't want to send the real body on tour because then it would be stolen and then I would have truly no proof that Bigfoot mm. exists so it's a lot of like eh, yeah. whatever that's why uh, we need poop that's why we need poop um, about one third of claims of Bigfoot sightings are located in the Pacific Northwest with the remaining reports spread throughout the rest of North America most reports are considered mistakes or hoaxes even by those researchers who do claim that Bigfoot exists. So we even have Bigfoot enthusiasts out here saying that, no, this claim is a hoax, this claim is a hoax. Oh, I guess yeah. they're trying to keep yeah. things legit. Sightings predominantly occur in northwestern region of Washington, Oregon, Northern California, and British Columbia. Other prominent areas of supposed sightings include the rural areas of the Great Lakes region and the southeastern United States. According to data collected from the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organizations, BFRO for short, Bigfoot Sightings Database in, 19, in 2019, Washington has had over 2,000 reports of the sightings, California has had over 1,600, Pennsylvania over 1,300, New York and Oregon over 1,000, and Texas has had just over 800 reports of sightings. Wow. The debate over the legitimacy of Bigfoot sightings reached its peak in the 70s, and Bigfoot has been regarded as the first widely popularized example of pseudoscience in American culture. I love bigfoot it's very fascinating i don't like the idea of him smelly but oh, yeah. besides that but he's gotta be right i just think he's he misunderstood up. okay he or she mm, no <laughs> it's just he well yeah girls don't smell like eggs um someone did tell me 
that there is a conspiracy theory, which I really wanted to touch on this. And I texted him and he didn't text me back, but I Googled it and I couldn't find this. He told me there was a conspiracy theory that the national park system was started to hide proof of the existence of Bigfoot. Why? So if you know about that, any listeners, DM us a link to something. This is just something Rob said. Rob, are you a liar? Are you making stuff up? I think it's more plausible that they made up the idea of a Bigfoot to get people to go in the wilderness. Ooh, that's really smart. (laughs) Oh, that's super smart. Yeah, but apparently people think that Bigfoot, like with technology and more people going into the wilderness and like planes and whatever else and cameras and photographs, uh, there's apparently a conspiracy that the national park system was created to protect lands for Bigfoots to live. Yeah, that's just, that's ridiculous. Oh, I thought that was fun. It's fun, but it's just (laughs) ridiculous. I mean, I don't know. So what do you think? Do you believe in Bigfoot? Um, I believe that it's fun to believe in Bigfoot, so I'm down. Oh, you worded that so much better than I did. <laughs> I was like, I haven't thought about it. I don't know. This and this. I just rambled I have thought about bit. it a lot, though. Like, okay. I've watched a lot of documentaries. It's fun. I watched some YouTube videos. They were really oh, intriguing. Oh, this is, like, on my free time, though. Oh. And, yeah, that's why I brought Mothman, too, because Mothman is um, more believable at this point somehow weirdly but um yeah no i don't i don't see why not i don't see why not but also i'm gonna finish this episode and not think about it for months or maybe years okay and it's not something i dwell on um i had a science teacher in college i say science like it was second grade i can (laughs) say the actual science i had a biology teacher in college who was so sure bigfoot existed and she saw him once jump over the hood of her car in so Tennessee. That's, that's someone that I work with right now. <gasps> yeah, interesting. Do you know her? Well, we'll talk about it after this. Oh, okay. Maybe. I couldn't remember Probably. her name, so it was so long ago. Oh, my God. It's crazy <laughs> to think that freshman year of college was so long ago. I feel so old. Anyway, that has been our episode on Bigfoot. The hide-and-seek champion of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Way to go. Keep it up, Bigfoot. Cool. Well, Um, If you like this episode even just a little bit, share it with a friend. I hope you did. I think this is hella intriguing. Go like and subscribe and listen to more episodes. Yeah, you always pick the best episode things. So you can also follow us at M-F-Y-A-M podcast on Instagram. And then you can stay up to date with like all the stuff that we're doing and get some pretty, pretty pictures of all the things we're talking about. And thank God there's not smell-o-vision because you might have to smell the Bigfoot. But either way, you're beautiful. Bye.